Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode one of Between Two Pods. I'm Jason Ackerman. And I'm Yvonne Ackerman. I'm Chris Coleman of the Goodyear House. Hell yeah. God, he's got that intro let's, down like a true pod listener. That's right. <laughs> he knows what to say. Let's get to the no, important no second questions. takes here. Yeah, what's up? Is it true you had to leave Stoke because too many people got diabetes from your donut? <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was true. The American Heart <laughs> Association amazing. has been asking us. Yeah. And so we just want to set the record I, I, straight. I could see that. <laughs> Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> All right. Now, not to the real, no. not to the real questions. Oh, we're just jumping we're in. How did you in. get like Chrissy it. Teigen to work as a hostess? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is this? Like six oh, foot tall supermodel. Yeah, what the hell? I was yeah. like, uh, she's from Kazakhstan. Thank you, Chrissy, for coming. <laughs> she's from Kazakhstan. She's awesome. Is she really like Borat? She, in my country, um, they go crazy. Right. <laughs> they work she, as hostess. My wife. Um, yeah. <laughs> She knows more about the menu and the farms and everything than most of our servers. So you're telling me she's smart she's and beautiful. Super smart That's and, yeah. not right. It's not right. Well, we were just at the Goodyear house, obviously. My first time, Jason's third. First of all, time? we should all say that it's a Monday night and you're here. It's a I feel honored. Freaking miracle. I wasn't gonna come. Jason prepped Chef Coleman for the fact that I wasn't gonna come, but then he texted me today. And I was so honored that I like, bro, you better show tonight. I know. And I was like, does he think he's texting Jason? <laughs> Who's bro? Who's bro? It was bro. me. And it was bro. me. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? He's right. All I better get my act together. And I, I showed up. Yeah. I showed up for you. And we went to the Goodyear house beforehand. So I feel like I won. Because now I get to sit here with you. And I got to eat the oh. Goopy Burger. Mm-hmm. Salt and vinegar fries. Which I just want to say, most people, when they say they do salt and vinegar anything, you can't even taste it. And I'm someone who likes, like, not a kiss of salt and vinegar, but, like, a punch in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what that is. And I ate the whole bag. He didn't have any. The Goopy Burger was so Chris, goopy. Chris, you're not going to have to say a word on this pod. Don't <laughs> worry. Yvonne's got this. Yeah. We were talking Came to... Hello, pandering. It's we were <laughs> talking to Paul. No, see, that's the thing. That's the thing. People think it is, but it's it's not. I really, truly loved it. Paul was there on a first date. Um, yeah, this guy walked in, Paul, and he's like... yeah. He, he looked nervous. I thought he was like running from the law. And, and I was trying like, to reassure him, but I had Goopy Burger running down my face <laughs> and he looked at me with fear in his eyes. Like, this is what happens if this date goes well. We get married, mm-hmm. we go out and she just has food all over and her then, face. And then the date came in and was like, are you Paul? And he's like, yes, I'm Paul. Yeah, I was like, he was going to like the electric chair. He was like, fuck shit. Yeah. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's get it over with. Let's just do this. He had downed a beer in two seconds flat. Nice. So your place is officially a good first That's date right. spot. We are. And he was we a Charlotte are. native, and he knew what was up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, would you guys like to say some things? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I just want to say I loved it. I'll, I'll let you. you guys talk. I'm going to let you guys finish. But I loved it. I really loved it. I had a good time. It was quick. We were in and out. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Well, that's usually how most uh, female experiences yeah. go. Me, yeah. so it's, uh, Wasn't know, long, but it was memorable. Fun, hey, uh, fun times had by all. Yeah, um, exactly. I'm glad you brought up I'm sorry. I'm glad you brought up like the assertiveness of our salt and vinegar on the fries yes. because we love vinegar and we love salt and we're kind of getting some pushback from people that like, oh, it's too assertive and I'm just like... No, like and so, some people don't like salt and vinegar, um, right? Like Jason doesn't yeah. like it and he didn't... He seriously would not have one fry. I'm telling you, we were talking about this earlier with his freaking... So guess what you ate on the rice ball? You want to tell what him, you Chef on the Coleman? Rice ball? What was on that? Yeah, there's mayonnaise on mayonnaise. there. Mayonnaise. Yes. Like mayonnaise. Creamy mayonnaise. But I like... I don't mind when it's mixed up. It's only like a straight up mayonnaise. It's oh, just me. Let okay. me be me. You do you, bro. Anyway, um, so you've been open three weeks. Yes. What's uh, 
what's like the craziest thing? What what's the biggest difference between like you know, you have the concept, you've you've tried out all the dishes, but then like it's go time. Um I, the craziest thing is go time. I mean, like I can't really put it any other way. Like you go through um dish development and you know, I've been working on this project since August of last year, so we all thought we were going to open so it. So you left you left Stoke and then at the end of July. Um, I started the first week of August. And you're like, we'll be, we'll have a Halloween party. Yeah. I was like, we're going to open on Halloween and have a Halloween party. And then it was like, oh, we'll be open by Thanksgiving. So you can like get your turkey sides from us. And then like, (laughs) oh, we're going to be open by Christmas. And and we opened February 4th. So at least we opened by Valentine's Day, I guess. Um, But you spend all this time developing dishes and um, then finding a team and then training that team. Um, and then like literally the night before we opened me and Tyler and Rocky, my sous chefs were sitting in the dining room until like two in the morning, like drinking beers and like, okay, we got to cut like 25% of the menu. It's too big. We're not going to be able to handle it. Um, so we had to take probably three or four dishes off the menu that were actually really good dishes. And during development, they were like some of our favorites, but after training the staff and testing it with the wait staff, they were the three or four dishes that the staff didn't really respond to as well. So it was like, if we can take a couple things off the menu, it'll make the flow in the kitchen work better. Um, just logistically, it'll be like so much easier and better. Um, so that's what we did. And we're going to end up probably bringing some of these things back. Um, what were like, they? A couple of the dishes. Uh, the deviled egg toast was getting a lot of press um, before we even opened about being like a cool take on deviled eggs. And a cool take on toast, I guess. Um, we took that off. We took, um, we were going to do a, um, a beef stew of sorts with cauliflower rice and avocado and radish and jalapeno. And um, the beef shoulder was smoked and then braised and then shredded. And it was delicious. And it was one of Rocky's dishes. And she's um, half Mexican. So it was a tribute to her soup yeah, that she grew up amazing. eating. Um, but it just didn't fit with the rest of the menu. Like it was like it was the one outlier. That and the rice ball, which kind of made the menu, were like the the outliers. Everything else has a very straightforward narrative. Those two were just kind of like one's very Mexican and one was very Japanese. Um, we kept the Japanese thing on there. Um, and then what else did we take off? There was one or two other things we took off, but and they'll they'll come back. But. You know, yeah, it, you got to start that the, the hardest part of transitioning from pre-opening to opening is actually just opening. I mean, that's the hardest part. Well, you guys were really busy very vague. on a so, rainy Monday night. Right. So we wanted, didn't expect to be for early so, on. Yeah. yeah. So packed. what? So talk about kind of what about this concept made you want to leave Stoke and start this own little thing? Um, I don't know if there was anything about this concept per se. It was more the fact of me being able to be a partner and have a voice um, that was listened to 100% of the time. Don't get me wrong, Stoke was a lot of me. Um, and I love working for Marriott and I loved all the people that I worked with, but um, at the end of the day, you're still inside of a Marriott. So as cool as Stoke was and as cool as um, you know, they allowed me to be, there still was some things that you couldn't do there. There's a limit, um, even as cool as they well, can be. And yeah. if you wanted to make any kind of change, it had to go through like four layers of So every menu change had to go through oh, yeah. corporate, basically? Right. Not through corporate, but like we would add a dish and then the GM would find out about it and say like, when did we do this? And 
have we tested it and where's the costing and yada, yada, yada. It's all stuff that has to be done. Yes. But it was just like, you know, it got to be too much. You couldn't make on the fly, like whim decisions. So if you had like a farmer call you and say like, we had a run and we have a flush field of broccoli rob. Can I bring you some this week? He'd be like, well, are you going to have it three weeks from now? And I can actually put this on the menu like full time. Um, so with this, we can, I can pivot like very quickly. I mean, it's, it's mine. So I have complete control over a lot of it. Um, so I think that that was appealing and it's in a neighborhood. I mean, so it's always been a dream of mine to open up like a neighborhood restaurant or, uh, a restaurant on like a main street of a small town kind of thing, you know? Um, and I feel like in Noda, I kind of did both because Noda is a neighborhood, but it also has a very small town feel. I mean, that community like lives and breathes Noda. They're all about Noda. Um, you even had Jamie Brown and uh, Jeff Tony yeah, Dandel in yeah. tonight. It's like showing off like how much that community is that. Like right. it's not a competition, right? It's no, just, it's not. It's I like mean, a neighborhood feel. It is a neighborhood and everyone knows everybody. And I think that's really cool. And they kind of accepted us very early on and very quickly. Um, but we're on kind of the main street of Noda. So we've gotten this like neighborhood thing. We're getting this small town main street neighborhood thing. So it's kind of, both it's it's honestly it's a dream like it's a dream restaurant well so jason said he met the owner when he was in the other night so are you are you like in a are you a part ownership or uh i don't have any ownership but i'm a partner okay so um i didn't invest any money up front i was given the option to do that and would have equity in the business um i have no equity but i've got a percentage of profits so the owner is really young jason was telling yeah. me relatively AJ, right he's, for a um, restaurant owner. 34, 35. That's like pretty a year cool. younger than me. I'm like <laughs> the oldest one of the partners. That's crazy that yeah. he's able to to do that. Is he he's, really a big foodie or is he Jason said he was an investor more than anything? He's not. Yeah, he's not a foodie. Um, I've had to explain over half of the menu to him in, in depth of like, this is what this ingredient is. And like, we can't call the French fries with the chili sesame seasoning on them togarashi fries which is what they are because he's like i don't know what togarashi means and if i don't know what togarashi means Mm. i'm guessing most of america doesn't know what togarashi means so we call them chili sesame fries so it's he he brings a very kind of non-foodie outlook into it which is actually really really nice it's great because like if jason's parents came in or like my dad like yeah they wouldn't know what that was and they might not order it so i think that Um, is really cool yeah but aj's he's a businessman like through and through like he started an extremely successful uh, real estate company, you know, in his like early twenties, um, and has just quickly built it into the. Really, it's like the largest privately owned commercial real estate firm in, in the East Coast. So That's amazing. It's, is yeah. he in a lot? Yeah, yeah. He's there so all he's the time. It's like, like this, active, is his, this is his yeah. passion project, and yeah. it's his family project. Like his wife was really involved. His kids are there all the time. Uh, Harrison, his oldest, is the same age as Ellie, my youngest. So oh, wow. um, it's cool to have Harrison in there running around. And he comes in and he always asks me for either meat or an apple fritter. He comes in, Chef Chris, can I have a meat? And I'm like, I don't have any meat. Here's an apple fritter. You know? <laughs> a so, meat. Yeah. Just like a burger patty. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> it's got good taste. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were designing or thinking about the design, how much how much uh, input did you have in kind of the layout? Because I think as far as the restaurant, how it's designed, it's unlike any restaurant around. It's a yeah. really cool 
way you guys did the interior. Yeah, I, I didn't have any design. I didn't have any input on the actual layout. I had a lot of input on the finishes. Um, so we took this 120-year-old mill house and restored it and um, didn't... We only took down one wall um, on the back, and then we added on everything. You know, the bar, we added on the botanist room and the handyman shed in the back and the patio and everything. Um, that was all AJ's original vision when he bought the house in 2012. Um, and then we worked with Cluck, who is a architecture and design firm in town. They did Haberdish. They did um, the uh, Undercurrent Coffee over in Plaza Midwood. Um, they did Southbound, which say what you want about the food. It's a gorgeous restaurant. Yeah, the um, spaces. Like I can, wow, they, they have yeah. great style. Right. So like all these places are amazing gorgeous. Amazing style. Yeah. Um, so they did the layout and they did a lot of the renderings of the inside. And then they kind of left it up to us to kind of follow through on their vision. They were so like, what, Here's so what were some of the touches you added um, at the end that you really Yeah, wanted? a lot of the, I mean, we picked out like the pews that we're using for banquettes. Um, Oh, I didn't see the. Um, it was in the front room, so okay. along both yeah, walls. We, we found... Well, she tried to go in that door. I did. I was it like, was don't locked. go in that door. He let me do it. Oh. I can ask myself, <laughs> do not go in the front door. <laughs> um, the uh, fabrics in the booths up front. That the, is so cool. I actually put that. I featured that on our stories. I thought oh, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. It's like cozy. Booths, yeah. And it's nice kind of like when you kind of bounce up against it and it's soft. I was right. like, oh, that's my purse. But yeah, yeah that's a really cool touch. <laughs> um, and the lights in the bar. The lights are really cool. I love those. Yeah, those like skinny, like 70s looking yes. lights. Yeah. Um, the wallpapers, you know, the bar stools themselves, like a lot of things it was like, and it wasn't just kind of like out of the blue, like, oh, I want it, I want this exact wallpaper. It was like, here's five choices. Let's narrow it down to three, and then let's narrow it down to one. And so it was kind of a lot of those types of decisions. Yeah, what I like, it, what's cool about it is you walk in, and it's like you're in a different world almost. Mm -hmm. Like you kind of walk up the steps, and there's a little fountain, and then you walk through, and then right. you're in, you feel like you're in a new kind of place within Noda. Yeah. It I is very transportive. Cool. It feels uh, like, I don't know, like a, it feels like a fun time is about to happen yeah. as soon as you it walk in. It feels like, I, I told you it felt like Noma when like it has the Noma vibe. And I rolled my eyes when he said that, and I totally get what he meant. Like So it's got the, it's interesting because it's cozy, but it's got all that natural wood that feels nice and modern. Yeah, it's got nice a lot of light, modern. natural wood. Like It's not, also huge. It's big. Yeah. I mean, you can fit sprawling. a lot of but, people in there, But I, I like how great. you have the different rooms where it kind of feels like a small little room mm -hmm. in each, not too small, but... And you can have a different feel in each. Like but I'm sure when it's nice weather, together. you'll have the patio for like yeah, a, the botanist room a different kind nice. of crowd. The botanist room's awesome. If yeah. you haven't seen it yet, it's it's my favorite room of the house. It's um, it's like a greenhouse, really oh really gosh. tall ceilings. One wall is completely glass garage doors, so they roll up when the weather's nice. Which we've had some, you know, unseasonably warm nights since we've been open, so they've been open. Um, and then they look out onto the patio with the string lights and the the big holly tree in the middle. It's yeah, it's cool. It's pretty incredible inside. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it felt really special. They did a good job. So. so talk about when you're designing the menu, mm -hmm. how you came up with kind of the whole menu concept and what you're going for. Yeah. So like the menu you guys saw, um, even Scratch, how we've changed it since we've opened with taking some things away, it's probably iteration number six or seven of a menu. Um, the very first dish that I... Um, came up with was the shrimp with the saltine crackers and the mignonette butter. 
Um, and I knew that I wanted that on the menu from day one. Um, and I think we just Which kind of you made for us a long time ago. And long you served time. in. And the it was on the menu tonight. I feel like I didn't see yeah, it. It was. Yeah. Right. It was. In the bite section. I must have gotten so excited about yeah. that Goopy burger. <laughs> yeah. But I remember how um, good that was. Is that pretty much the same as when we had it? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. exactly the same. It's, um, you know, it's a dish that I think is like deceptively, like, it's like so simple. And I think that people think it's really simple and then you eat it and it's, it's, got some stuff going on um the bite of the mignonette like that like oh my gosh like it was addictive it does it catches up it sneaks up on you Um, yeah and that's kind of the direction we took the entire menu honestly was like we want um sometimes it's it's really difficult to keep things simple it's easy to add and add and add and add to a dish and it's hard to hold back on a dish so um we don't have like a number limit or anything but i kind of feel like once we get above four or five kind of ingredients or four or five touches on a plate we're like that's too much like we got to pull back um so we've called the menu like um it's simple plates with complex flavors we've said imagine if your grandma went to culinary school, but she was still <laughs> yes. your grandma i, I think love that's, that. I that's, think that's brilliant. a perfect way to say it because yeah to me it's very approachable it's like yeah. you're trying it, it's stuff that you grew up on that right. you like to eat but you've yep. but you've made it where like it's kind of a stepping stone to fine dining comfortable right. and refined yeah did yeah. you come up with that the copy yeah. on that give your grandma to call yeah, that school? That's good. did you um, do the copy for that sign by the kitchen as far as like the rules yes. of the good to your house yeah i love that yeah. it's yeah. almost like cider house rules right <laughs> <laughs> i loved it um that's awesome but i think i but a writer inside of Chef Coleman. So that yeah. um, the uh, there's a writer inside of me. There Imagine is. like Alien. Yeah, it's coming out. out. Um, see it. You know, so so when coming up with the menu, it was very much like these are the things that I like to eat. Some of them I've grown up eating. Some of the things I've just discovered um, over the last few years, and it's so it's an amalgamation of like my entire 36 years of eating and. Um, that so, Rocky and Tyler's, you know, respectively, like, you know, 30 odd years of eating. So it's, um, it's, it's food. We're making food that we want to eat literally every single day. Um, what was the inspiration for the Goopy Burger? Cause I kept thinking about a Big Mac. Is that right? On the nose. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, it yeah. was totally, um, honestly, so where that kind of came from was, um, Tyler, and Rocky and I all worked at Stoke together before. I was going to ask that too. Okay. Um, you brought them and, with you. Yeah. And That's Tyler nice. had a saying that something was goopy. And it was, just, and you didn't know what it meant. And he didn't know what it meant. He'd be like, That's goopy, dog. And then I'd be like, I don't know what that means. But um, so then we talked about the menu. And I was like, I want like a smashed patty burger, but I want it to be sloppy and messy. Um, and he was like, oh, you want it to be goopy. And I was like, <laughs> yes, that is perfect. I want it to In be this a goopy instance. That is burger. perfect. Yeah. And, um, so the idea of a Big Mac esque sauce. So that sauce is, um, mayonnaise, ketchup, yellow mustard, um, fish sauce, uh, and mm. some hot sauce. Um, and you mix those together, and then you mix the shredded iceberg lettuce in it, and it's kind of a house-made slaw, pickles, obviously. House-made pickles, tell, yeah. very thinly washed, very thinly shaved, washed white onion. So you get the onion flavor without the bite of the onion. I barely even um, noticed. Yeah, right. I thought it was that's awesome. It's okay. there. It's very subtle. Yeah. Um, 
And then that, yeah, we do a Benny Seed bun. We do the the smashed uh, Shipley Farms beef patty and then some white cheddar on there uh, instead of like an American cheese. And, it's and that's very, very subtle too. Big Mac-esque. And it's that's perfect. the idea. And yeah. it's messy too, which yeah. I like, I just... I loved it. Like it. Like what if you got <laughs> had a moment? What with if it? you could go to Honestly, McDonald's? Yvonne's never been happy. <laughs> so happy. It made me really happy. Um, <laughs> what if you could go to McDonald's and get a Big Mac and know that all the ingredients were like, you know, good for you. Raised, and yeah. Ethically raised, um, locally made like that. That's a dream. Right? It's really good for you. Like, yeah. It's nourishing. Like people yeah. have like this idea about what's good for you. It's like, yeah, that's high calorie, but like, that's like, it's nourishing, right? Like if everything's mm, real, of. like, you know, like. <laughs> Let us toss in mayonnaise. No, um, I mean, I think it is though. It's like, it's, it's good fat and your body craves mm-hmm. it and you give it to it. And I was yeah. like, it felt, it felt good. Yeah. And it was, the, it was a nice size too. Like your portions were generous, which I feel Thank like you. even on the, the small ones, cause we got the. Fat city noodles? Is that yeah, what? Yeah. Fat city noodles. Those were like, you know, like for a small plate, like mm-hmm. very generous portion size. Mm-hmm. What was the inspiration for those? Um, so we're going to always have a pasta dish on the menu year round. It's going to change, but we'll always have one and it'll always be called fat city noodles. Um, and they're always going to be these hand torn fat noodles. Um, there was a bar in Noda called Fat City that was at the corner of 35th and Noda. Um, and it was there you know, 20 years ago or so, oh, wow. um, I was 16 and I would go there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was 16 <laughs> and I would go to this bar. Uh, cause if you looked like you were 21 then they would serve you, um, well, where Bob, Bob Peters, Peters. Yeah. Bob Peters worked there. Uh, I'm pretty sure Bob served me a few times probably. <laughs> he was like, he's but, good. <laughs> yeah. I was, um, I was a punk rocker in high school. I was in a punk oh. band and it was... This What'd you play? I was a lead singer, of course. Wow. Um, I have been told I have the... Pulling the ladies. Voice of an angel. So uh, you're, were you like wearing like the tight jeans? Was that the look? Like what was um, the look? It was kind of like baggier jeans, but completely ripped all the way up mm-hmm. and like vintage t-shirts and I dyed my hair a different color. Like a Led weeks. Zeppelin. Like yeah. a Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Like something big, corporate, like we were talking about the other night. Big spikes. Yeah. Like my hair was in big spikes and they were always either pink or purple or bleached white. Or What a time to be alive. What a time That's to be alive. That's crazy. I'd paint my nails and, you know, had it, earrings yeah. and all the such things. It could have gone a totally different direction. Could have. Could have. Um, so anyway, <laughs> the when we thought we were going to be open in the fall, the original iteration of the Fat City Noodles had squash and uh, late season preserved tomatoes and basil and was much lighter and fresher. Um, and then when we... It became apparent we weren't going to open until the winter. It was like we need something heartier and heavier. Um, I forget if it was Tyler or Rocky suggested like a stroganoff. And then I said, well, mm. what if it was like a vegetarian stroganoff and we could use miso to give it some depth, um, like some meatiness to it without there being actual meat in it. So it's like it's a vegetarian stroganoff. It was excellent. It's very simple, yeah. but it's good. And the chops, the wedge salad. We really yeah. enjoyed that. Jason said that that was your is that like a I've signature had. salad. I saw you posted on Facebook about is. that it's salad. Become, well, there's is that, so is that no, your that salad or what's your that, that salad? salad? Our that salad is literally called the that salad. Oh, was it? Um, I didn't even notice. We were in there so fast. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, like mixed lettuces and... Bit like dried um, berries or something? Dried cherries okay. and apples and cheddar cheese. Okay, I didn't, I didn't um, notice that one. And a brown butter vinaigrette and it's that salad. But you're it's, right though. Every restaurant, every has, restaurant that. has that. Salad. It's got to be that. It's like what like everyone's mom wants. Only add a little salmon, you know? Um, what's the dish on the menu that is like from the earliest of your childhood? Oh man. Um, so we grew up eating stroganoff probably once or twice a week. 
Um, we grew up eating. I think the guinea hen stew it, it came from one of the earliest childhood memory dishes. So, mom and I've told this story a couple of times, and I might have even said it last time I was on here. But um, okay, no one listened. So, yeah. <laughs> um, mom was a fantastic cook, like amazing cook. Um, but she had, if she was in a rush um, and didn't really want to cook, cook, um, she made chicken and rice, and it was. Um, boiled chicken, like just boiled to death and then shredded and then white rice and you would just mix white rice in this boiled chicken and there was like no broth, no sauce, just black pepper. It was one of the worst things ever. It was so <laughs> like, like just bland, bland. white on white on white. It was like so yeah, bad. Beige. Um, so again, with her being an amazing cook and this being like arguably like one of the worst things like ever, um, there was still kind of a comforting thing to it. Like thinking back on it now, I'm like, you know, just a plate of like some bland Stick to your ribs. If you're ever feeling sick or something, right, I mean, you know? that's perfect. Um, so the guinea hen stew evolved from that. It was, I um, had a farmer growing guinea hens for me that I had talked to before I left Stoke. Like, hey, would you, would you grow guinea hens for us? Um and then finding a way to use that and use the whole bird because those are expensive birds. I mean, each each guinea cost me eighteen fifty. Which how much know, do they weigh? Uh, two and a half pounds. Can you Just raise them? Babies. Can you <laughs> race them? I don't think you can race them. Can you ride them? <laughs> little. Um, Could Frankie ride one? <laughs> oh, for sure. But you know, if you're taking a bird that's eighteen fifty and you're getting two portions, like if you're just doing that's like an airline crazy. breast, right? Yeah. And that's going to cost the restaurant. Was that like nine seventy five um, for a portion? So you'd have to charge thirty two to thirty six dollars to make some money off of that. Um, I wanted to keep all of our pricing low, so if we can do something where we're going to use every every bit of meat off of the thing and get five or six servings out of it. So um, can you just put the whole bird in the pot? Yep. So we make okay. a dashi, yeah. uh, and then oh, we yeah. boil the guinea hen in the dashi, um, pick it. And then have some rice. It's Carolina gold rice that we serve along with it. Some pickled collard greens. And then that dashi broth poured over it. Um, and it's delicious. Healthy and, and delicious. what I'm drinking right now. And that's chef's dinner here. Yeah. A little bit of dashi. It's <laughs> all he has time for it's delicious. these days. I do want to talk about the bread because, as everyone knows, if you're a pod listener, bread is my favorite food. Mm-hmm. It's not a lie. Um, it's just what I would, it's, it's like, you know, you know, saltines are my death row meal. Like it's the same thing. It's like, oh, it's really all I want to eat. I eat everything right. else because like, you know, nutrition, but all I need is bread. The bread was, so Jason brought some home after the first time he came. It was really good. It was even better tonight. I don't think that's just because I had it later. It was like doughier yeah. and a little bit less baked, mm-hmm. which I really, really liked. And I love nutritional yeast. And I think it's crazy that you use that because it's kind of like a, I don't know. I guess it's, is it becoming more mainstream? Like I still think of it as like a weird vegan ingredient. I like it. I have some yeah. in my pantry, but what made you use uh, that? Honestly, it was um, Rocky introduced me to the nutritional yeast. I had never worked with it at all. Um, and when we were early on developing the menu, we wanted to do a vegan cashew or a vegan mac and cheese. Um, and because the whole idea was comfort food, um, was, you know, food your grandma would, would make you. Um, so mac and cheese is one of those dishes, obviously, but we wanted it to be a little more hip and modern and, you know, um, so she introduced us to nutritional yeast cause it has a very Parmesan kind of flavor to it. So, so that's you, what you use in the mac and cheese too. Yeah. Right. Okay. So if you take, 
that and sprinkle it on some bread and eat it together. It's like eating a cheesy bread, but there's no cheese in it. Um, so, uh, and it has changed since the first time. Yeah, what else it. is it's different? It's changed every time. Um, the The dough has been tweaked slightly. The sour butter mixture that we brush on it. Talk about that. How it. do we make it sour? What is, it's like, it's so freaking good. Yeah, so it's, um, I mean, it's butter and it's sour cream in equal portions. Oh. Um, and then there's some. I don't know some, if it was like fermented or yeah, something. Yeah, there was some okay. citric acid in there to make it even more okay. uh, punchy. And then um, onion powder and salt. And then we brush that over the dough after it's proofed, before it bakes, and then as soon as it comes out of the oven, we brush it with an egg wash and sprinkle a bunch of that nutritional yeast so it sticks. And it's the actual heat, heaven. Yeah, and the heat from the <laughs> bread cooks the egg. It sets sets it, um, and then before it's served, it's sprinkled with chives and mold and sea you know, salt. It reminds me of okay, it reminds me of Parker House roll, right? Yeah, because that's right? kind of that's like such a thing now too. Everyone's mm -hmm. doing those, but it also reminds me of the baked potato bread from Rose's Luxury. Oh, awesome. Yes. Um, which was like one of my favorite things well, I've ever eaten. I mean, we're calling it a, a pull-apart sour cream and onion brioche. So that's yeah. the idea. Yeah, it's like it's like a loaded baked potato. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's and it's also free, which is insane for all the ingredients you just named. I mean, yeah. like first, it's first pretty expensive. Do a lot of people get free. second loaves? Because I do, and we charge for the second one. I almost got one, but yeah, I tried to have a little four, restraint. It's four bucks for the second one. Oh, that's well, like, but it's still a steal. A lot I of places, like, like I mean, as we've talked about here on the pod, all places don't do free bread anymore, so the fact that you're getting no, free bread at all is Restaurants have gone away from bread. Well, damn good. I think, I don't know, man. I think there's going to, people are coming back to it. It's you bullshit. Know? People, <laughs> <laughs> take away my free I think bread. people are coming back to Fucking carbs. bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. I think that might have been part carbs. of it too. Right? Um, yeah. But you're right. No one is giving away bread anymore because it doesn't make sense. No, why? Why do you give something for free? Right. Right. Well, so why are you? Quality, <laughs> because we are in. We had this conversation. It's called a tax loss. <laughs> we had for a AJ, this is. A, yeah. he, he has so much income. This other right. place <laughs> just need a little loss. We um we had this conversation during stand up um this past Saturday actually in, in that we're not. Wait, you no, know. explain to people what a stand-up yeah, is. Yeah, what is that? Stand-up is like the meeting that you have with the staff before a shift starts. So ours are at 1045 and 445. Every, every day? day. Every oh. day. Um, you go over specials, you go over anything that you're 86 or you're low on. You are go they having over. a staff meal at the same time? Or no? No, Not we, we, put, we put family no. meal up around 2.30 every day. So all of our AM people yeah. can eat it before they leave and all of our PM people can grab a bite to eat before they come in. Nice. Um, and then we allow our people to order off the menu at a 50% discount too. So that's really nice. You know. um, so stand-ups when they're just kind of getting the rundown. Stand-ups when they're getting a rundown of okay. what's going on for that shift. Um, but we talked about the fact that we're in the hospitality industry and we're not here to entertain the guests and we're not here to um, show off. We're not here to really even educate the guests. We are here to provide hospitality. Um, like and giving away bread is the easiest way to provide hospitality. And restaurants used to do it, and they've gotten away from it because it costs money. Um, but if you really think about if you're inviting someone in your home, like um, if you're having them around the table, like sitting down with you and like there's well, we'd bread. We'd love there's to. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor there's, there's to bread. be asked. <laughs> there's always bread on the table. There's always, yeah. I mean, at least in my home, there's always either biscuits or there's Parker House rolls yeah, or there's, there's something on the table. Um, and that's the easiest way that you can show someone that you care about them. In my mind is like providing genuine hospitality. And, you, and with ours, you literally have to break bread. Like yes, you have to and break share bread it. Together. Yeah, right. And you have to share it. 
So well, you don't have to share it. You don't have to. Well, I, mean, I had yeah. three. Jason had one. Yeah. Did we share it? I don't know. It's hard <laughs> to say. Um, I like that. It's interesting. You said not here to entertain or right. to inform. Because, yeah, it's like you do go to a lot of restaurants Some restaurants now do it's try like, to do that. You get like the... But um, I think it's fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, there are restaurants um, in, in our city that do a great job at entertaining. And they do a great job at informing. But... I feel like as unless a, you're Tom Cruise and cocktail, I don't want it. <laughs> well, I feel like as a society, there's been so much um, emphasis placed on food as entertainment now that we've forgotten what food really is. And food, I mean, food is about um, nourishment. Food is about like, I mean, the word restaurant literally comes from like restoration, like you restore yourself. Set a spell. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first restaurants were in the bottom of inns and they were like for people who were traveling and were hungry and they needed something nourishing and they would stop and they would eat and then they'd be on their way. And that's at the end of the day, you know, what we're we're trying to do or trying to help you like become nourished. And if that's nourished physically, great. If it's nourished mentally, fantastic. And if it's nourished like your soul feels nourished afterwards, then fantastic. You know, that's we can do a good job of entertaining and educating we can do all these other things but we have to make sure that we're showing hospitality first well it felt really comfortable and sometimes when I go to a restaurant like I'm not ready to be like you know even when we go to fine dining restaurants sometimes it's like you have to listen a lot right the server's going to tell you like 20 things and you have to make really intense eye contact or else you feel rude right like even when you came out and you brought us our stuff you explained it enough where I got what it was and then you pieced out so we could enjoy it together right like it was just like I don't know. I didn't feel like sometimes when you go to a restaurant, you're like, I'm not ready for that. But like, you don't have to feel right. that way, you know, yeah. at your and, restaurant. I felt like if it you was go just to chill. Restaurants that are like that, then that's cool. And I mean, I've, I've eaten at 11 Madison Park, where at the time was like number three in the world. And um, the server was extremely warm and very hospitable, but also talked a lot. It's a lot of talking. A lot. And then they and come and just, make the thing in front of you, and yeah, you got to talk that just whole like, time. Dude, like, yeah. let me eat. Like, I just, I mean, enjoy your company or right. you know, whoever you're um, with. Yeah. And that's not the style of restaurant we are. We, we're not here for that. We're not chasing any number of anything's in the world. We're just trying to make tasty food. Well, you're doing a great job. That's what, okay, I want to talk about. I want to talk about. <laughs> you okay, I feel like Jason has so many more questions. He's looking at me like, "Are you gonna shut up ever?" No, I don't. Is that the look I had? Uh huh. Honestly, I'm cross-eyed. I wasn't even looking at you. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about the rice ball. Yeah. Because I think that's a really cool dish, and you said it was like kind of the oddball on the menu. Yeah. But I I think it's just kind of a cool transition, where you took a Japanese dish, but you made it. Yeah. With all local ingredients. Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, so the, the idea... That was for the, Tyler's. The idea for the rice ball is Tyler's, um, Tyler Long. And um, we were talking about rice dishes. We were talking about trout dishes. I was actually, like, in an airport one day, and he texted me, and he was like, hey, what if we made yaki onigiri? And I was like, I don't... You have to explain to me what that is. I don't know what that is. And he said, oh, it's, like, basically just rice... Usually it has like red bean or something inside of it and you grill it. And what if we did one that was rice and it was stuffed with like ramps or something and it was grilled and it was uh, a country ham dashi or a bacon dashi was brushed over it. And so then I think I shot back with, well, what if it was trout that was smoked and we could put some trout roe, some caviar on top and kind of really like ball out on it, you know? Um so 
And then I think I said, if we're going to put a very, very, very Japanese dish on the menu, we have to use everything on the plate has to be local. Um, Why was that important? Well, I just, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's important for me for a lot of things to be local anyway. It's just kind of who I am. But um, if we're going to be, do something that's so overtly not me, and not Tyler. I mean, we're two white dudes and, you know, not Rocky. Well, Rocky is like, there went all of Mexican, our Asian listeners. Right? I'm just saying like, I, I can't cook like, <laughs> please don't bring up dim sum gate on this podcast. <laughs> I, I can't cook like authentic Japanese food because I'm, it's not who I am and it's not part of, I yeah. didn't even know what the dish was. Right. So, um, if we're going to do this, um, the idea of, um, taking, something that I'm not familiar with and we're not familiar with and probably the average diner is not familiar with, but using ingredients that they are familiar with um, is fun. And it's it's rice from South Carolina and it's trout from North Carolina and the trout rose from North Carolina. Um, the bacon in the dashi is, it's Tennessee, it's Benton's, but it's basically North Carolina. It's right on the border. Um, the tamari and the dashi glaze is from Rutherfordton, North Carolina. Um, you know, everything but the Cupie mayonnaise that you enjoyed um, was <laughs> is it. locally sourced, <laughs> right? So it just feels more authentic. Yeah, I think that, it, that well, and well, it just kind of made sense because j- Japanese cooking has a lot of rice in it, right? And Carolina gold rice, yep, it kind of just goes together, and yeah. I think that's the kind of cool thing about modern cooking is you can do stuff like that well i think that's something that i've been exploring since like we opened asbury like we we very very overtly at asbury talked about how we were celebrating southern traditions but then also accepting um new cultures that were coming into the south and making the south what it is today and i still fully believe that the southern food um is not fried chicken and mac and cheese uh, as much as i love those dishes you know um Fry, uh, Southern food can be Cantonese food. Southern food can be um, Pakistani food. Southern food can be anything because all these people are moving to the South and making the South what it is right at this second. Um, and some chefs out there are doing a really, really awesome job of kind of putting the two together and making something super special. Um, so I feel like that's kind of where we're, the direction that I've been cooking in for the last six years and... We'll continue to do it. Good What's the house. deal with Kewpie mayonnaise? What what makes it better? I don't I don't know anything. I haven't Googled it. So yeah. well, educate Kewpie, me. Yeah, Kewpie is Japanese and it's um, got a higher fat content because um, there's more egg yolks in it and it's got a higher sugar content than like American mayonnaise. So or Hence French why mayonnaise. it tastes so good. Everything's right. better. So it's yeah, super fat, creamy. <laughs> it's super creamy and it's slightly sweet. So Okay. Yeah. And you can just use that straight from the bottles yeah. you buy at you go to like Super we go G to Super Mart. G. Yeah. 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 We go to Super G and we we literally clear the shelf. Yeah. Like I mean I I think I put thirty two bottles of QP mayonnaise in my cart the last time I was there and walked up and the lady like, was oh, like, Oh, crazy white person. Yeah. Well, the lady's <laughs> like, you know, you can get these by the case, like 20 in a case. Oh. So are there eight more on the shelf? Go get that. And we'll sell you two cases. Well, that was nice. So I'm like <laughs> rummaging around to find the eight that I couldn't see before. And they were hidden behind the knockoff QP mayonnaise. So, Oh yeah. We don't want, yeah, that. We don't want that. Yeah. It was perfect. It really, it was just the perfect <laughs> compliment to those fries. Um, you want to talk about the snack cake? Cause Jason was I so have- excited about it. 
Yeah. Was it good? I uh, thought I, it was really I ate the good. rest of it with my hands in the car. Yeah. <laughs> it was delicious. So so you said the origin of that is the idea that someone would, you know, grandma would make a cake and you just kind of like grab yeah, pieces of it, it throughout the afternoon, yeah. which I mean, I feel like everyone does that when they bake, but I'd never heard that before. So yeah, it's something that awesome. I, again, probably not familiar with. It's Becca Rankin, our pastry chef, like brought the idea up. She was like, have you heard of a snack cake? And I was like, do you mean like a little Debbie? And she was yeah. like, no, <laughs> like, a, like grandma would bake a cake and you'd snack on it throughout the day. You just walk by and you grab a piece and she says, it's a poke cake. And I was like, okay, so you picked up on that. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a thick cake and you poke holes in it as soon as it came out of the oven and you, ours is a caramel and buttermilk one. So you put caramel glaze on it, hot, and it soaks into the cake and then you put more caramel on top once it's cooled off some. And then there's a buttermilk on glaze on the bottom to cut through some of the sweetness of the caramel. And then there's a cinnamon and pink peppercorn dusted popcorn on top. So you're getting like salty, you're getting sweet, you're getting the pink peppercorns are very floral and fruity. Um, you know, a little sour from the buttermilk hopefully comes through and yeah, it's a pretty good little dessert. It's really good. <laughs> yes, so, Jason. so what is, uh, what's a dish that didn't work? Like you thought it was going to be awesome and it just fell flat. <sighs> I don't know. Let's come back. Come back to that one. Okay, I've got a question. Because the <laughs> last time that you were on that I was with you, we talked about how at Stoke you had like a pretty good gig as far as your work-life balance. Yeah. So I'm oh, curious. Yeah. That's gone out the window. Yeah, how's that going? Because, I mean, obviously <laughs> you have two, two kids. young kids. you got yeah. your wife. Yep. So how's like how are you managing that? I know you, you actually told me earlier today that you know, you're know you taking Sundays off, right, yep. just to be at home. But yeah, I'm taking Sundays off. It's my day off. Um to, you know, hang with the family and, um, do the things we like to do. Um, and then we are trying to slowly get into a phase where we get two days off a week. You know, all of our hourly employees are getting two days off a week. Um, it's, it's me and uh, my two sous chefs who are not right now, but we are also working kind of half days here and there. So, uh, Wednesdays are half day this week where we all are working five or six hours, on Wednesday and shifts. set up. Yeah, we just take shifts and we kind of rotate in and out. Um, you know, we're going to hopefully get to where we all get two days off a week. Um, but, you know, my life is completely turned 180. It's uh, at, at Stoke, I was, you know, or at Marriott, I was I was the executive chef in, in every sense of that word where I spent more time in the office than in the kitchen. I spent more time with a clipboard in my hand than with a knife in my hand. Um, I was running numbers. I was, you know, doing reports and t working a lot with accounting and purchasing and all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, I was working banker's hours. I would get there at, you know, seven or eight in the morning and I would leave at, you know, probably six o'clock every day and, and hardly worked weekends. Um, and that was, you know, great for the financial stability, for the benefits, for all of that stuff. But I missed like working in a restaurant and I missed kitchens um so now i'm working you know one day i'll work um uh, so today i worked one to nine and this was my light day you know um just doing paperwork and having a few meetings and then 
tomorrow I'll be in it too and I'll leave Wait, her. but we started this podcast at eight. Well, this is work for me. Okay. Um, and then, <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> On the plot, baby. This is, um, this, is, this is still work. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> PR, Jason. Yeah, um, exactly. And then tomorrow I'll go in at 2 and I'll get off around 11.30. And then Wednesday is that, that half shift day. So that's like a 12 to 6 day. And then Thursday is 8 to 6 or 8 to 8. So it's kind of like I'm here and there whenever I'm needed and... Um, How's Mrs. Coleman feeling about that? Um, I'm sure she's happier, more creatively fulfilled, yes, right? I yeah. think it depends on the day. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she um, She's extremely supportive. I could not ask for a better partner. She's a lovely woman. Um, she's awesome. I know, Jason. Well, I met yeah. her briefly it, now, too, at Yvonne, Free Soup Day. Yvonne's been very, she was very jealous of, I've only stayed out like past <laughs> 11. Well, like twice in the last five years. We did have a years. little argument yeah. just because he won't ever go out and drink with me. So yeah, I was he, just a little, I was like, wow, you go out and party when it's with all the I chefs. Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know how I wound up out till 3 a.m. Yeah, how did he? In Greenville. Yeah, this was um, at um, Charleston Restaurant. Right? No, or Greenville. Whatever, whatever it is. Euphoria. Greenville. Euphoria. That's right. Okay. That was an after party for an event. How'd you convince him to stay out so late? I didn't convince him. He, uh, I just, they put me in a car. He's a party animal. Yeah, we put him in a car. We honestly (laughs) did. He was roofing. We were like, all right, come on, you're coming with us. And then we put him in the the back of a car and then we ended up at, I don't even know where that place was. And we drank uh, until they turned the lights on and kicked us out. And then we walked like, you got in a car. Yeah, I got in. We ended up walking 15 minutes back to the hotel and looking for a Waffle House and couldn't find one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's how you know from, it's a good uh, night. <laughs> the chef from Opson and Daughter in Charleston. So, um, yeah, yeah, he was like, was I was hanging night. with the Coleman's. It was yeah. all good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, your wife is lovely, though. She yeah. is. She's awesome. Yeah, but and, she's, and again, yeah. I couldn't ask for a better partner. She is... Um, um, she's awesome. She runs things at, at home. She keeps the kids in line. Is she, she staying at home now? Or is yeah, she... she's she's been a stay at home. I didn't know if she. Last, I couldn't like, remember. Okay, three or four years. So. Well, that's got to help, right? At least yeah. a little bit. It's but awesome. yeah. So how do you feel though? Do you feel is it worth being more tired or more stressed and all? Yeah, of that I mean this this the... is you know probably the most creatively fulfilling um, and work fulfilling and. Um, so when you go to bed, you feel yeah good uh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's easily the most stressful, hardest thing I've ever done, but it's also the most like joyous and, and again, fulfilling. I keep saying that, but, um, you know, what do your kids like to eat on the menu? When, when um, they come in? so I let my kids design the kids menu. Like I was oh, like, what do you guys want oh, on the menu? Cool. Um, that's so cool. So it's a, Smart. Yeah. Um, so Luke loves the mac and cheese, um, which we make from scratch. It's, it tastes like Kraft mac and cheese, but it's delicious. And um, vegan. Right. No, no, that's not, just a, that's a regular mac one. and cheese, not the kids okay. one. Um, Luke loves the mac and cheese. He loves the little goopy. That's our little goopy oh burger. Little goop. Uh, little goopy. It's like a slider um, size. No, it's the regular size. Um, we just call it the little goopy. Awesome. But it's like the regular size burger with like pickles and cheese. There's no, there's no goopy lettuce. There's nothing goopy about yeah, it. Yeah, a kid probably wouldn't um, have too much lettuce. And then um, Ellie likes the chicken tenders. Because that's all she eats. Um, <laughs> they both love. That's what all, I would order. They both love all the desserts. Um, we do. We uh, should do a best kids meal. Like who has the best kids meal in town? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good That'd idea. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. We do an SBNJ that they don't like, and it's a uh, sunflower butter. Oh yeah. And jelly. So they it's, don't like that. It's nut free, and he was like, eh, "This is this is the cutest thing ever." We 
we make the sunflower butter and jelly and we cut it with a ring mold and then we roll the outside of it in fruity pebbles. Oh my gosh, I'm ordering amazing. this. Amazing. Um, that sounds incredible. I just popped out of his head. <laughs> um, and he ate like half of it and he was like, mm, it would be better, better with peanut butter, dad. And I was like, well, it would, but. It's got to be nut free for the nut yeah, free for yeah, the kids. Yeah. Nut free for the children. Sunflower butter is pretty good though. Yeah. Yeah, I can get down with that. That's awesome. Okay, what? That's my question. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I am the captain. <laughs> I know, you do um, it. <laughs> okay, what, when you look at Good Your House in a year from now, what yeah. what does success mean to you? What um, If we continue to have busy Monday, rainy, cold nights like tonight, then that's success, you know? Um, I mean, that's that's business success. I think... Um, from a more fulfilling, successful way is that we have um, very happy employees. We have people who still enjoy coming to work every day. I mean, they enjoy it now, but we're in our honeymoon phase. Um, if we can continue to foster um, good cooks and good servers and good essays and good bartenders and people who genuinely enjoy their jobs, and um, then that's success for sure. Awesome. That's beautiful. All right. It makes me really happy. <laughs> I just have to say. I had a great cocktail too. Shout out to that because obviously it's making its presence And I like known. how you've incorporated the neighborhood. I think you guys have done a great job. I think it's going to be destined for success. And I think the way you that, as I've gotten to know you, I think the coolest thing is how you treat your people and your employees. And you can tell there's people that's been with you for six years that have yeah. followed you places like People enjoy working for you, and I think that's says a lot about. You even pulled one of the gals from Haverdish. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, noted we tonight. Couple, we have a yeah. couple. We have a couple who worked over there. So, you know, I mean, we just treat people how you want to be treated, right? Yeah, but that's not. I know a lot it doesn't. I know it doesn't industry. happen that often, but you know, you. It sounds easy. Yeah, I mean, em- employees are um, the number one commodity in a restaurant. And you can either be really good stewards of that or you can like burn your people out. And then, you know. What's, I, a, uh, what's a challenge you've had so far kind of speaking to that? It doesn't have to be employee related, but like what's something that came up, like not, not on the menu necessarily, but just. Yeah, I mean, there was so many challenges getting open that honestly, since we've opened, it's been a breeze. <laughs> um, I mean, just waiting and waiting and waiting on construction and, and construction delay after delay after delay. Um, was maddening so um i don't know i mean it's been it's been a a pretty fantastic three weeks for sure that's awesome that's good to hear well everyone good to hear go support the good year house let's uh let's let's ask our question let's ask our question yeah what's the best thing you ate this week yeah okay Is it time? Yeah, we're on a tight time. I know. Yeah. We got people outside talking loudly. All right. What's the best so, thing you ate this week, Chef Coleman? People are going to say I'm pandering when I say mine. Womp womp. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I literally have been drinking this Guinea Hen Dashi for one meal a day for the last week or so. And, and you look delicious. like you, you're pretty thin. Have you lost a lot of weight? <laughs> it's that stress. <laughs> okay. You might want to have a piece of bread with yeah, it. Probably I'm just so. saying. Honestly, I did take some oh, whole bread the other day and I dipped dip, it into the dosh. Yeah, that delicious. sounds delicious. Yeah, it was really good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a menu hack. That's a good year yeah. menu hack. That's a hack right there. God. 
Oh, but you know what? I'm sorry. I got to give a shout out. My wife made these barbecue chicken pizza rolls the other day Shut that up. were delicious. Oh, it was like braised chicken with pizza barbecue rolls. Sauce. Like, did she make the dough home? She had pizza dough. And I know, because I know she'd been making bread. Yeah. And she wrapped it around this barbecue braised chicken with like barbecue, like barbecue sauce on it and baked it. And it was delicious. And Sounds she was like, like Mrs. Coleman can hold her own. Oh, she can. <laughs> She's like, it's from Pinterest. I don't know if it's going to be that good. And I was like, this is delicious. Going on the menu. Make it again. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What kind of bread is she making? Uh, sourdough. We have a sourdough <sighs> starter we've kept alive for the last few years. So we're it's amazing. Um, you like not, to do that too? Kill this one at home. Um, I mean, yeah, she's taking it over. It was okay. totally my thing. Like we should make bread and you know, yada yada. Um, but she's taking it over and she crushes it. She's she's a way better baker than I am. So every week you guys have fresh yeah. sourdough at the house. Yeah. That's Damn. fantastic. Yeah. What about you, Jason? Well, I went to Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> 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 I did though, and uh, he did. let me tell you, <laughs> couple a, times, a lot of good, <laughs> great people watching, <laughs> the best people watching yeah. at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. Um, well, I said on our last pod, which was yesterday, I know, yeah, because I went to Goodyear. I've been trying to do some, you know, proper research research before this pod. Yeah, um, he's done a great job. But I will say the beef stroganoff today. I have an idea for your next because the flat noodles yeah. remind me like of like a drunken noodle, like an Asian. Yeah. yeah. Well, I see that in the future. Torn. I see that in the yeah. future. But this beef, it was just, I couldn't stop eating it. I was full yeah. and I was just like, it's gone. Yeah. I only had a bite. And no beef. And no beef. Yeah. I know. And it's, just, got, it's very rich miso, for being it's vegetarian. It's so good. Like, yeah. I like that. I, I like yeah. just it highlights the noodles, but you get all the flavor. Yeah. So good. Thanks, man. Well, mine would be the fries. So I want to know, like, how do you, okay, I want to know a bunch of things about the fries. So we were talking about this on another pod and I can't remember who it was who mentioned it, but like when the fries have that breading, yeah. how do you achieve that? What is that? Is it breading? You buy it that way. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Restaurant <laughs> hack. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's like a beer battered French So fry. what is, so yeah, they're just bad, like beer, yeah. like we go through. Don't you, don't you twice fry it? You twice fry it, which yeah. we do. But um, does that make them have more calories? Every fry? No, probably. So. <laughs> but you're dipping it in mayonnaise at the end of the day. Um, oh, no, gosh. we we um, we honestly tested like making our own fries, um, and we went through like six iterations, and we were like, you know what? We're just we're not nailing this. Like, you need a lot of space, and you need a lot of um, time to do fries in house correctly, and. Um, I'm glad we decided to go with the bought product at the end of the day because we go through like 12 cases of fries every weekend. It would have been too, too, much. Been too much. Yeah. So what what's the day like if you wanted to sneak in when it's not too crowded? When's it? Good, what's the day to come? Um, right now, you would have thought it was Monday, but it's. You would have thought it was Monday. Um, I mean, we didn't Tuesday, wait, Tuesday, Wednesdays are usually slow, yeah, I mean, and by slow, I mean we do 150 covers. So. Yeah, I mean, um, I was there last Thursday, and the the bar was packed. Today, the bar was mm-hmm. packed. We got the so. last two seats of the bar, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, but also I want to know how how are you doing the salt and vinegar? Like, what is it a powder? Right, right. So it's so a malt. It's a malt powder. Um, okay, malt vinegar powder with and salt we, and salt. What well, kind the of the fries salt? are salted already? And they have, so there's no more salt. There's no more salt okay. in the powder. It's just that little shaker had just. Um, where I think I, it's cool that you, you drop it in the bag that? and shake it. Do you get that from the rare tea people? We get that from Motown Spice, which is run okay. by Troy Gagliardo, who's a chef in town. So okay, it's his spice company. 
It is something. Motown. Yeah, I'm thinking of all the things you could put that he on, had like, like popcorn a, or like yeah. pumpkin seeds. He or had something. like a dry cider vinegar on his list, and I said, "Can okay. you can you find malt vinegar, mm-hmm. like dry malt?" Yeah, vinegar? yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, let me look." And two or three weeks later, he was like, "I found a source for it. Like it's going to be this much." And yeah, do not so. dial back that vinegar. It's delicious. Don't do it. Turn yeah. down for what? Turn down for nothing. All right. Well. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank for you. Coming. At the end of a long day and a busy week, and you're off the clock no now. Problem. Yeah, you can go home to your family. But everyone, go check out Good Year House. It's really, it was good. really special. It's really good. And I think it. I, I saw it, you had Julia, Char- Julia, well, and uh, Jess from Sweet yeah. Soul came well, out what's and visited cool, you today. It's it's a Charlotte restaurant. Like, yep. it it's kind of like Haberdish, kind of the Noda. Like, it feels like it's got the neighborhood feel, but like that, yeah, like the but Charlotte. But it feels like it's Charlotte. True food. to Charlotte. And also shout out to Paul who was on his first date. Yeah. I uh, hope it went <laughs> well. Paul, if you're listening, I want you to DM us and tell us how it went. Did you get some action tonight? What happened? I just, I'd like to know. Yeah. I really, Are you married now? I really need to know. So. <laughs> All right. Everyone have a great week. Thank you, Chef Coleman. Thank you. Goopy Burger.